0: Welcome to another episode of Should You Take Back Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experience and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at slash blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here's the host of Should You Take That Case, Lisa Wade.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Medical Record Monday and your brand new episode of Should You Take That Case? It's me, Lisa Wade. I am your host, legal nurse consultant, medical record expert, and the owner of Wade Nurse Consultants. Think of us attorneys when you have those piles of medical records that you need translated into normal human language, easily understood by judges and juries visit us at Consultants.com. We use this week, uh, this Monday, every Monday, as an opportunity to uh, get to know one another. All of the attorney guests that come on this show are also a part of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. It's a wonderful group. Visit us at on LinkedIn, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That's where all of my wonderful attorney guests come from. And we use this as an opportunity to get to know one another. We're going to do that today with Peter J. Carmen. But before we get to Attorney Carmen, we're going to scoot over to the comments section. And see if anyone is visiting us live today. If you are an attorney, put an A into that comment section, that chat. If you're a paralegal, put a P. But if you are part of a wonderful group that I am a part of, Women-Owned Law, put a W into that chat so we can see you and say hello and welcome you today. Because Women-Owned Law is a wonderful, groundbreaking group. Created to advance and connect women legal entrepreneurs. So visit us at womenownedlaw.org. If that's something you want to learn a little bit more about. I want to thank everybody that's tuning in live or catching us on the replay. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy days to be with us. It's appreciated. But now it's time to introduce our attorney guest for today. Attorney Peter J. Carmen is a 2001 graduate of the Columbus School of Law, the Catholic University of America Evening Division. After undergraduate at UW-Madison and while in law school, Attorney Carmen worked as a paralegal specialist and then a law clerk for the Office of Professional Responsibility, U.S. Department of Justice in Washington, D.C. Attorney Carmen is a litigator focusing his practice on both the representation of individuals in personal injury and workers' comp claims and defense personal injury matters. Having opened his own solo practice in Appleton, Wisconsin, in November of 2013, and now I bring to you attorney Peter Carmen. There you are, Peter. Hi, Lisa. Thanks, me. Thank having- oh, well, thanks for coming. I'm glad you're here, and you, you you let me know the weather is a little gloomy and in the 40s. It is. Yep. Yeah. It's
2: all. It's pretty dark now. So usually it's. 420 our time by five o'clock, it's pitch dark, you know, a little depressing.
1: <laughs> That's true. Well, the same thing's happening in Pennsylvania. So we're on the same page as far as that goes. Right. Well, I'm I'm gonna get all of the juicy details from you about how you deal with medical records when they pop up during litigation. But first, we wanna hear all about you. We want to know, how did you get to be an attorney? Was it planned from infancy or was it something you just fell into? Tell us more about you.
2: Well, you know, I I can honestly say that I first first thought about being a lawyer when I was probably about five years old and I saw the movie To Kill a Mockingbird. You know, who who wouldn't want to be that lawyer, you know, uh, kind of standing in the breach trying to help a person who uh, isn't represented well in society? um, you know, and, and my, my father's also a lawyer. So I had that as an example. So that kind of gave me a little bit of an inkling that that's probably what I want to do. I always like to argue. I like to talk and talk in front of people, things of that nature. And I always had a desire to help people. So that's really what led me uh, into being a lawyer. But in terms of what I do now in my practice, I I wish I could say that was planned in a concerted effort, but it was, it was more happenstance.
1: Oh, well, you know, um, It sounds like a bit of a family legacy. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. Oh, all right. I'm so glad. And um, how about the cases that you take? How do you decide and let us know if if a case is a good case, uh, a not so good case, or not a case at all? How do you make those decisions about what you take or don't take?
2: Well, you know, it's both fact intensive, a little less than of what the law says about it than you might think, but then also personalities. And what I mean by that is when I represent individuals in either a personal or a work injury case, I'm going to base my decision whether to take that that case, of course, on the strength of the liability evidence. You know, as an injured person in our state, you have to be 50% or less at fault in order to get any kind of recovery. If you're 51 or more, you get barred. So I need to make that determination. Then I look at the strength of the medical evidence, you know, does the injured person have treaters um, that will relate their injuries to their uh, personal or work injury. And then finally, I kind of look at, and this is kind of in a way, almost the most important thing. I look at the credibility of the injured person. Does their story make sense? You know, are they honest, trustworthy? Are they compelling? Are they sympathetic? Um, Do our personalities mesh well? Are we going to be able to work together? Because being a solo, I need that person to carry some of their own water and, and help you push the case along. So that that's uh, you know very important. And then I usually only refer uh, a work or an injury case on uh, tether Lawyers if I feel I can't devote the time necessary, you know, to that particular case and that, that it would deserve um, due to my caseload or other pressing cases I may have. And then also, you know, certain practice areas are difficult, uh, like medical malpractice uh, and and workers' comp. You know, um, they both have specialized rules and procedures that you need to follow, and you really should know something about that. So like in my case, I when I did a lot more defense work, my first 12 years of practice, I did about four or five years of medical malpractice defense, and but I never brought a medical malpractice case myself. So I'd refer to that kind of case because there's a minefield of special rules that require specialized knowledge. And, and, time frames and things like that to properly properly represent those individuals.
1: Hmm, okay. Well, it sounds like you try and establish a relationship with your client to, right. to see if you can work together. Right. That's the most important. All right. I'm so glad that, that sounds like an excellent way to do business. I think, well, now once, you know, or while you're deciding, you know, medical records start flowing in, I'm trying to see if you have a special procedure or a special protocol to handle those records, something that makes sure that you get all of the juicy details out of there that you need to prove your case or to really look and make sure you have a case. What kind of procedure do you go through when reviewing medical records?
2: Right. I, I probably should have a more formalized one than, than I do. And and if, uh you know, finances would would allow it, probably hiring someone like you to, to do that initial swipe to get 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 all the records, you know, do the initial medical analysis, because you're more of a medical expert than I am. Uh, but sometimes, especially when you're representing individuals, what you're going to get back in the case just doesn't allow for that kind of outlay. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be co- cost conscious. So in, in both my personal injury and work injury cases, I start out by inquiring whether the person's trigger supports causation in the case like we talked about. And then if they do, then I ask the individual, the, the injured person, if they have any of their own records um, related to that accident, that sort of thing, and ask them to get them to me so I can do an initial run through so I can gauge the strength of the medical support for their claim and whether there's a, a reference to any relevant pre-existing medical conditions or issues that are going to need to be explained later on in the case. And then if those items check out, and once uh, the individual's is at an end of healing, which is also known as maximum medical improvement, uh, I obtain a complete list of all their treaters, pharmacies, that they consulted with in relation to their accident. I get written authorizations from them to get those records and their bills. And then I review the records and in, in the bills as they come in just to reaffirm what I originally thought about, uh, you know, how good the case was, that kind of thing. And if anything changes along the way, I communicate with my client.
1: right. All right. Well, it sounds like you do have a a procedure. (laughs) And uh, and, and if you're taking cases, it sounds like you take a narrower kind of uh, cases. So you can it's something you can work on yourself.
2: Right. Yeah. I I mean, I try to keep my caseload fairly small. 50, around 50 cases of all the different types of law I do is probably my, my limit for my assistant and myself to, to do and to do well, um, that sort of
1: thing. All right. It's good to know what you can handle. All right. right. All right. Now, when you are working on these records and you're reviewing them, uh, is there something that you find that is a pet peeve for you or something puzzled, puzzling or bothersome when you have to dive into these medical records.
2: Sure. When I had less experience, you know, was the medical terminology having to look things up, you know, every 10 seconds or what have you. And even that's a lot easier now. You know, I've been a lawyer for 21 years in the old days. Sometimes you'd have to go to the books or whatever. Now you can pretty much Google things and get at least a base knowledge of it. So it was that, but now it's really having to contact multiple facilities to ensure that I have all the certified Uh, records and bills um, that are going to be relevant to my client's case. And then I have to oftentimes wait 30 days or more once I send out that Mm -hmm. request to get what I need. And then even then, I often have to call these facilities and say, like, I sent this to you, you know, 35, 40 days ago. Can I get this? And it sometimes takes another 30 days or 90 days. Um, Although that's getting better now that more facilities are doing electronic records, it seems to be a quicker turnaround. And there are also treatment facilities are are having the records handled by big box uh, clearinghouse places like PSYOX and places like that Mm -hmm. who have a much more streamlined process. So it makes it a little easier and they, and they understand better what lawyers need than I think originally the medical providers on their own did. Um, But there's still that waiting game. There's still sometimes they misunderstand what you need. Um, You know, and sometimes when you get the records and bills, it's, they're difficult to understand and place in logical order, you know, especially you price this when you get hospital records, They have all this godly cook, all this chart and stuff thing that could be thousands of pages. So they send you like, you know, 5,000 pages of records and and you're lucky if 500 of them are relevant.
1: (laughs) I'm with you. I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But it's also easier for me because I know just what I'm looking for. So I I understand it can be uh, troublesome. Definitely. So you've given a lot of good information. You've told us how you work up cases. You tell us how you uh, decide if the case is is, uh, for you or if you need to refer it out. You've given wonderful information. Do you have any more advice for newbie or veteran attorneys when they have these cases that have medical issues and medical records? Do you have any more advice for them? to decide if they should take those cases or pass them on. Something you haven't done yet.
2: Right. Uh, You know, use your resources. Um, You know, talk to lawyers within your firm, other lawyers you may know that may specialize in in areas you're thinking, getting into that kind of thing. And most lawyers are willing to answer a lot of questions in that regard because if you specialize in an area of practice like I do, you want to make sure that that people that are, uh, you know, coming in to do it here and there, that kind of thing, are as competent as they can be. Um, So, uh, you know, and and really refer on cases that are beyond your experience level or expertise to more experienced lawyers that specialize in those particular areas. Like we talked about with workers' compensation, medical malpractice cases, both those areas have special rules that require specialized knowledge in order to properly represent the people that have those cases. Um, But again, if you decide to take those cases, Make sure you identify mentors in those practice areas that are willing to spend time with you, the necessary time uh, to allow you to render competent and effective representation, uh, because that's what these people deserve. Um, That's what you trained to do. And if you don't do that, you know, there can be consequences in terms of your license and things of that nature. Having people that you're trying to help, you make a mistake and then they have no choice but to sue you for committing malpractice. So you, you want to avoid those situations.
1: That sounds like good and thoughtful advice. I hope they're listening to you. Well, <laughs> we are uh, at the point in our show when it's time for a little Q and A. Uh, and are you ready for a few questions? Yeah, We'll see what, we'll see what I know. All right. All right. Well, While everybody is out there getting your questions together for Peter that you're going to put into the comments section, it's time for what I call a little sponsor break, where I tell you a little bit about Wade Nurse Consultants and what we do here. And then we get right back to Peter. (laughs) All right. Now, without a review and summary of the medical records, it could be harder for you, personal injury and med mal attorneys out there, to know if you should take that case. And here at Wade Nurse Consultants, we give attorneys a one to two page synopsis and opinion regarding the merits of those medically related cases by using my 30 plus years of nursing experience to make quick work of those medical case screenings. So, If you are listening to this and you already have your own nurse paralegal on the payroll, this isn't for you. But if you have a large backlog of cases to be screened, this is what you need to do. Inside the description box of this YouTube channel, you will find a link to schedule a 20-minute medical record strategy call, which can help you hone an efficient, timely, and cost-effective routine around your medically-related cases. Just click on that link and schedule that call. And now back to Peter Carmen. Let's see, Peter. If there are any questions for you today, let me take a peek. And no, we don't have any questions. Okay. No, no, no. (laughs) some people are catching us on the replay, so I have an idea. This is what I usually do in the description box of this YouTube channel. You will find Peter Carmen's contact information. Look him up, and then if you have any questions. Just ask him directly, and he will answer them. Is that a good plan, Peter? that'll work all right i think it I think it will so I do have a question for you though okay, and that is, will you come back and do this show again?
2: Well, it depends on what you're going to ask me next time but yeah, oh, well,
1: well we can work that out then. All right. <laughs> Right. So, I I would love to have you back, and uh, we'll talk we'll talk in 2023. Sounds good. Have happy holidays. Oh, uh, you too. Well, since we are at winding up this show, I'm just reminding everybody out there catching us live or on the replay to watch the show, like it, subscribe to this YouTube channel, Lisa Wade LNC, and if you have any legal nurse consulting questions, there is my email, lisa at com. Think of us when you have those, if you have any uh, need for any testifying expert witnesses, we locate those for you too. So now we're winding up. Catch us next week, Monday, 5.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a brand new episode of Should You Take That Case? Thanks for coming.
0: Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experiences and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.waifernurseconsultants.com/blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and sharing this show with others.